Here at Doxaday Bloom, we are excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope that you enjoy today's message. Now, we are in our last week of our series called Unstuck. So quickly tell the person next to you, are you unstuck? Oh, and I can imagine all the thoughts that's coming up now. <laughs> yes, I am not yet unstuck. I'm still stuck in this argument. Okay, so this whole series is centered around this verse in Galatians 5 verse 1 that says, It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. And Jesus didn't just set us free to look like, okay, cool, one day I'm going to go to heaven. He set us free to right now live a brand new free life. So Christianity is not about going to heaven one day. It's actually bringing heaven here and enjoying that freedom that God has purchased for us in Jesus. And what we've done is we asked you guys to give us a survey of where in your life do you experience and you struggle and you're still getting stuck. You're not experiencing that freedom. Where are you experiencing that? And we got six different topics. And this morning's topic, I actually kind of struggled a little bit to, to give it a name because it was specifically from morning guys talking about relationships and all kinds of relationships, like with my kids and with my parents and with my spouse and with my boss and with my friends and with my colleagues. So it was basically all kinds of relationships. And they were all saying, I'm stuck in this. I really need God to help me to get through this. There's some trouble that I'm facing in all of these different areas and relationships that I'm in. So we decided to call this morning wholeness. And that's to say, instead of brokenness, so to how do I get unstuck in broken relationships? Now, before I'm going to go further and explain how we can get unstuck, I want you to think about your most prized memory, your most treasured memory, precious memory. Which one? Think about it quickly for a moment. Get it in your mind. I'm going to tell you about one of mine. It was on the honeymoon when... Guys, guys, it's the men from the men's ministry. I see what's happening here. <laughs> when I came down from Table Mountain, I'm seeing my wife pushing the car in her high heels on her birthday because I forgot the keys and the lights on. Okay, sorry, I'm joking. It's really not a precious memory, but it's really stuck in my brain the whole time. So anyways, I thought I'd share it with you guys. But can I quickly take a quick guess? All of your precious memories... Did, any, did anyone not have a person connected to those memories? Everybody here in this room had someone else connected to that precious memory. Am I correct? And it's because we are all people created to live in relationships. And if they're good, they create good memories. Okay? If they're fun, they create funny memories like mine that I just quickly shared with you guys. If they're bad, they create some bad memories and some brokenness in our lives. They can be the greatest blessings in our lives as well as sometimes the greatest struggles of our life. And here's the number one thing that I want you to know today is that we get stuck in broken relationships because we lack boundaries. That's primarily the reason why we struggle with broken relationships. We don't know when to say yes and when to say no. Sometimes you engage in relationships and you said yes to stuff that you should never have said yes to. And then you didn't end up with those beautiful, wonderful memories. You ended up with some broken memories, some bad stuff that's happening. 
But it's always because of boundaries. So I want to talk to you guys quickly this morning about boundaries in your life. And the first thing that I want you to know is to understand that you are created firstly and foremostly in God's image. And God is a God of boundaries. Did you know that? You know that? God describes himself with boundaries. He says, I'm holy. I'm set apart. I am the creator and you are creation. That's a boundary. I am different. This is me. I am love. He also tells us what he likes and what he doesn't like. What he's for and what he's not for. I am love. I am light. I'm not darkness. I don't violate free will. He takes responsibility for his personality by telling us what he thinks, what he feels, what he plans, what he likes, and what he dislikes. God is a God of boundaries. And you and I, we are created in his image. And therefore, we are creatures that lives boundaries. I actually want you to quickly take, um, if you are married, quickly turn to the person next to you, okay? And then do this, do this. Ooh, I need a cutie. Okay, and if you're not married, you can just do it with yourself for a moment. Just like, <laughs> oh, he's so cute. Okay. And, and do you know why I want you to do this? <laughs> do you know what this is called? This is called skin. And everything from here on outwards is not Lorraine. That's what we call a boundary. This boundary is the boundary that I was born with. I live inside of it. And everything inside of the skin is Lorraine. And that brings me to the first and foremost point of boundaries. This is how boundaries work. Boundaries are not there for safety only. Boundaries are there to define us. They define who we are. What's my responsibility? What's not my responsibility? That's the key thing that I want to talk to you guys about this morning. Your boundaries, it's your life, defines what's yours or what's not yours. In fact, in Proverbs, that it writes it as follows. It says, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control, who lacks to take responsibility for what's theirs. So in this little proverb, there's a beautiful picture that I want to explore a little bit that says a human life looks like a city with walls. But now... We don't have walls around our cities, but we do have walls around our cities. You're like my little place. So I want you to imagine your life like this. There you go. That's your little property. Your name's on it. It's mine. That's my life. That's where I live. That's where everything happens in my life. And on every property, we have neighbors. There we go. That's your friends that's journeying with you. And let's say you don't have some good friends. Maybe you have some bad friends and you want to find out who's your neighbor. You can go to a place and they can tell you who's the guy that stays on that property. What's his name and who should be taking responsibility for what's happening in that place. That's why boundaries defines what's mine, what's not mine. So when it comes to your emotions, it's your responsibility. Not mine. And when it comes to your decisions, it's your responsibility. All your resources, your life, it's your responsibility. You have that. Now, it's very crucial to say this. We have responsibility for one person only, and that's self. We do have responsibility to other people, but we can never take responsibility for them. That's crucial. And why do I say that? Because God delegated that authority to you and to you only. It's your life. 
And you need to make that decision. What are you going to do with your life? Okay, so that gives us a little bit of a picture of how boundaries work. I'm still going to continue there. Because in every house, you need to have something very crucial. It's called a gate. That's the way you access that property. If you open up the gate, open the gate for me. There we go. Then people can come in. You can have some nice tea parties. You can get some people to help you look after the garden. And hopefully if you're married, you can let your wife in every now and then, you know? So on and so forth. Okay. So gates are there to let, hopefully, when it's opened, let good things in and let bad things out. But when it's closed, it's there to keep bad things out and keep good things in. Unless we're going to talk about that. No, no. Okay, guys, so you get the picture. Your life has a gate, and you can open it up or you can close it down. What's the two words that opens up your gate and closes your gate? There's just two words. It's not open sesame, and it's not closed sesame. It's even easier. It's the following. It's yes and no. Anybody in the house that struggles to say no, quickly put up your hand. Yeah, how do I know I'm going to get you guys? Because you were struggling to say no and not putting up your hand now. So yes, I got it. <laughs> okay, so maybe you've been there in your life before like I've been. You really struggle with managing that boundary to say no. And guys, I want you to think about this for a moment. Imagine your life was a house like this picture here and your little plot there. Imagine you would always keep that door open by saying yes because you can't say no it's just yes the whole time you're one of those guys that can never say no to anything what's going to happen to that house think about it your gates open 24 7 your house is going to be plundered there's going to be nothing left guys if it's like that in your own life if you continue to open up the gate to every relationship every opportunity everything that comes your way what you're going to end up with a lot of brokenness. Eh? That's the self-control. A lot of brokenness in your journey. So think about your kids. Think about your friends. Think about your colleagues, your spouse. You guys get what I'm saying here. This applies to every relationship in your life. You need to know when to open up the gate and when not to. Okay, so when it's open, good things can come in. Bad things should go out. Who of you guys never struggles to say no? You're like, like written on your face. I see some, see some hands up there. Yeah, uh -huh. I, have, I have some people in my life. I'll be honest now. I love my little kid. She doesn't even have to say no. She just looks at me. It's no. What? No. <laughs> okay, that's basically the picture. <laughs> it's, a, it's a definite no. Okay, so what's going to happen? Let's say you say no the whole time. Your gate's closed 24-7. Nobody can come in. Nobody can go out. What's going to happen in your life? At a certain stage, you're going to need some food. Okay, no, but I can do vegetable gardens. Okay, but then the next moment you fall down and seize and you break your leg. And then some, somewhere, somehow, we need to open up that gate. So having a closed gate can also lead you to starvation and hunger and lots of other kinds of brokenness in your life and in your relationships. So the key is... We need to find the wisdom to know when to open up the gate, 
and when to close the gate. Exercise that responsibility, that self-control that God has given us to do this. And I want to give you four little questions that you can ask yourself to help you, guide you in making wise decisions and when to open up, when to lead well, when to allow a relationship in and to what extent actually should you allow that relationship in and to what extent not. So let's dive in. Question number one. Let's say someone comes and they knock on your gate and they say, I want to come in. The first question you need to ask is this. Is this person able to provide for themselves? The thing that they're asking from this relationship. Can they provide it for themselves or not? That's the first thing. That's, that's a big one. Eh? That's a big one. Now, there's, there's, there's two things in this. This person can be unwilling or unable. Okay. When it comes to being unwilling, that's an obvious one to explain, but so many people that follow Jesus miss this. They believe that whenever someone knocks at your door with whatever need it may be, it may be an emotional need, it may be a physical need, it may be a practical need, and sometimes they just need to look after themselves a little bit better, so you need to actually go and visit them. They don't need to come and visit you, if you get what I'm trying to say here, in a sense, in terms of the help given. But if they're unwilling, it's not our God-given mandate Listen to this, to give people fish, but instead to help them to catch fish. That's the example that I... And why do I say this? Because God has appointed each and every single person that he created to rule and reign in this world. So it's one of the most godliest things in the world. Guys, your, your responsibility does not stop with giving someone fish. It needs to go further. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say, you need to ask, is this person in a place where they're willing to take up the responsibility for their life and the need that they have at that stage. Okay, so firstly, answer that question. Can they provide for themselves or not? Is it unwilling or is it unable? That helps you to guide you a little bit. Question number two, do I have the resources to help this person in this relationship at this level? Okay, super important. That's on all levels, money, time, energy, um, emotions. Do I have the capacity? capacity to help this person in this relationship okay then i can commit to giving my responsibility to the person number three how do i feel about helping this person at this moment now i know it's interesting guys and i'm asking the question specifically because many people at this point get people sneaking into relationships because they're stuck in sympathy and they're manipulated by feelings and guys, it's super important that you need to know God, actually to him, feelings matter. When you give, he says, do not give reluctantly, but give cheerfully. There should be cheer in your heart. There should be faith in your heart, love in your heart to bless this person, not manipulation. That's one of the ways people many times come into those relationships and boundaries. You know, the teenagers like, hey, you never give me anything, mom. I just want this. And then like, oh, and she's like, dad's punky is gone and all this. You get what I'm saying. So people love manipulating themselves into those spaces and stealing and, and reach, wreaking havoc. Then I think the biggest question that we need to answer is this. What is the fruit? What will be the fruit of me engaging and helping this person, saying yes to or saying no to this person. Because no can produce some of this fruit as well. I just want to say that. And when it comes to that kind of fruit, there are only two kinds of fruit. The first one is grateful and autonomy, meaning you're growing this person and taking responsibility and they're thankful. Autonomy sounds and gratefulness sounds like this. 
Thank you for picking me up in a time when nobody picked me up. Thank you for reaching out and helping me. Thank you for helping me to get my life in order and get my life going. And I can take responsibility now for my life. That is good fruit. And sometimes you'll have to say no to someone to see that fruit coming. How does that sound? It's not always a yes. Sometimes you have to say no to see that fruit. Other fruit that might come is ingratitude and dependency. That you create dependency for that person in this relationship. That's not healthy boundary management. That's not good self-control. So there you guys have it. In terms of taking responsibility for your life and your own relationships, you need to keep your boundaries in place and decide who you're going to be opening the gate up to and who you're going to be closing the gate. Okay. Now, before I move on to point number three, I know you guys are sitting there and some of you guys are thinking to yourself, well, Lorraine, it is, I've, I've really applied these questions and I've really been wise in, in how I've said yes and how I've said no and how I've allowed certain things to take place in certain relationships in my life. But still, I'm stuck because of, and then you start talking about that neighbor of yours. We can put up the neighbor slide again. And this neighbor, he looked like a nice guy, all adventurous, all amazing. But then one morning, Saturday morning, you woke up and there was a sound going like. Okay, guys, I'm like doing the guy thing now here. No longer speaking, but in any case. And he took his chainsaw and he started cutting down a huge tree in the back of his yard. But he didn't think about what he was doing. And at that stage, this tree started going down. And you guys feel it. It's like it's, like it's a deep moment. Okay. And in that moment, he broke down that wonderful barrier, that beautiful boundary that was in your life. And now your boundary is broken. And there's a lot of hurt. And I mean, it's like your house and it's, it's crazy stuff. Yet you don't have a bathroom anymore because it basically smashed that part of the house when it fell down. Your dogs are running wild. Nobody's staying in the house anymore. And every now and then there's someone just, you see a stranger on your house. Like, what, what are you doing on my property? How did you come in? My gate's closed. Because they're entering into that space with a broken boundary. Okay. So sometimes in our relationships, someone violates our boundaries. And they do it in two ways. One is they aggressively come in and they break that boundary down. So it's not you not exercising self-control. Someone violated and aggressively came in and they came to take what's actually yours. That's injustice. Okay? And it's sometimes through aggression and sometimes it's through manipulation. I'll never forget the moment my, I was still a young boy. My mom and uh, myself, we were in the house, and there was someone knocking at the doors, a friendly salesman, a very nice guy wanting to sell us some cool stuff and so on and so forth. But my mom, like any lady, had that sixth sense going about her, and she was like, ooh, something is not lacquer. And she doesn't feel happy about this guy, but he sounded like so friendly. It's almost so friendly, it's too good to be true, you know, that kind of moments. So she walked up to the second part of our house. We had a double-story house. She went up to the second floor, and she stood outside there, and she looked out. And as she was calling this guy and chatting to him from above, she, he didn't know that, but when she came out, she immediately saw that 
right behind him in his back in some other way he had some knives and stuff stashed there while he's talking about selling something else and my mom luckily didn't say yes you can come in but that was a guy that was willing to give us something sell something nice that's to my benefit that would be amazing in my life but all the time he had different agendas behind him ready to take over coming to steal kill and destroy and sometimes people move into your life and they manipulate you. They do something like that, saying, listen, I have this and this and this. And maybe you've experienced that because they didn't pr deliver on what they've promised. They sowed a lot of destruction and pain and hurt in your life. So that brings us to point number three. How do we get those boundaries restored? And the answer is very easy. It's, it's like this. You open up the gate to the one person that is goodness himself. His name's Jesus. And he comes in and he guides you into restoring that space of your life. Now what I thought I'd like to do this morning, because I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to actively follow Jesus and trust him to restore maybe some boundaries that has been violated in your life in terms of relationships and brokenness, by following him, to maybe come and lay down the first brick that needs to be laid down in that space of your boundary in your house. By telling you a story. I grew up in a wonderful house, with wonderful family and wonderful friends. And um, our eldest of four, by the way, and my sister is in Germany and my two brothers are still in Pretoria with my parents. And um, in this house, we had, my parents really loved Jesus, so we had a very safe and a wonderful and loving space to grow up in. However, when I was about 13 years of age, young boy at school, one of my friends decided to hurt me in a very bad way. And I got sexually abused at the age of 13. That moment, that's, that's basically the tree falling over from my neighbor's yard into my yard. And destroying so much beauty that God has put in place there in that moment. Little did I know that that moment would cause me and cost me so much more in my life than just the pain of that moment. Firstly, that moment led me to a place where I became a pornography addict. And it changed the way I dealt with even my mother and any other woman that's close by because they were just an object and no longer a person created in God's image totally distorted my view of love 100% because I didn't understand it at all. Then secondly, that moment also impacted the way I would engage with friends. I could never trust a friend. I never had the privilege of enjoying true friendship because my friendships were driven by fear. The fear of someone maybe not liking me the next moment I walk into a building or I would see someone, one of my good buddies, it's all the way for me, looking at me like, Gee, you know, it's like, what, 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 what I do wrong? What do I do wrong? Instead of thinking, well, you maybe just woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. Didn't see that coming. Didn't give him that benefit of the doubt because there's this fear of somebody came into my life and they hurt me and you also here to do the same. It was until I was a grown man. I was a grown man, married, with two kids, that finally I got to the place where God, 
I allowed Jesus into that part of my life. You see, he was on all the other side and parts of the property. He went up into all the rooms. But that one space, I was like, uh, 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 no, Jesus, I'll handle this space. I'm super angry at my neighbor. I'm going to sort this neighbor out like crazy. You don't come here. You don't touch this. I have this under control. So much so that I was comparing myself to friends. It's part of the hurt and pain that I've experienced there. Because I could never get to a place where I would satisfy what they want. And I was angry. <clears throat> that was the year also in my life that I literally didn't make it anymore. I wanted to go out of ministry. But I'll never forget, I was driving away from Fichat Park. That was the day when God started doing this in my life and sorting it out. Driving in the car. And as I would usually do, I would scream at Jesus in the car. I'm like, why did you make me like this? <laughs> I don't like being the person you made me. It's not good enough. People don't like that. It's kind of basically the conversation. And then it would spiral down into all the kinds of fears for the people that I don't like. And like, oh, he said that thing. And I would go like, oh, I'm wishing, like, I wish you could get a pain where you didn't even know you had a place to get a pain kind of vibes. Anybody in that space? Okay. That's where I was. I'll never forget it. I was climbing in my car that day, and I was on my way, and Jesus just like dropped it in my heart. He said, Lorraine, forgive them as I have forgiven you. Guys, and that's the key. The key to any broken relationship, any broken boundary in your life, is to do what Jesus did. Because you see, the ultimate boundary that was broken is when we walked into his house, and we took him out of his throne, and we said, this is my place. You have no space here anymore. And not only that, when he came and lovingly invited us to follow him and walk in his ways once again, we decided, well, I'm going to nail you to the cross. I don't want you. I'm going to kill you. And in that moment, not, not nine months later, not nine years later, in that moment... Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And maybe that guy was so adventurous, he didn't even realize it. Maybe he was hurt, and maybe there was lots of boundaries in his life that was violated, and he struggled to deal with them. He never invited Jesus in, and he didn't even know what he was doing. The point is, freedom is the beginning of forgiveness. And it was at that moment that I started to forgive. Interestingly enough, not the guy that hurt me so long back, but every single moment I think someone might be hurting me now. I would say, Father, forgive them. Even if they do know what they're doing. Because here's the second part of that journey. It was not just forgiveness. Because Jesus did not just forgive. He went further. And he blessed. And he gave grace. You see, forgiveness is withholding what you do deserve when someone has done something. Like, you hurt me, I want to hurt you back. But I'm not going to do that. I'll forgive, I'm going to hold it back. That's also mercy. I'll give you mercy, I forgive you. That's, that's it. But that is not what God did. He gave us grace. And grace means we get everything Jesus deserves. When he takes everything we deserve. 
So what did I start to do? I started not just praying for forgiveness. So these guys hurting me and guys making me feel uncomfortable because of a broken boundary. And I mean, there's so much brokenness in those relationships in my life at that stage. All of these guys, I start forgiving. And secondly, I start praying whatever I want for my own life. <laughs> so, so I want to have a great job. I want to do good at my job. I want to have a great family, great kids. I want to have success. And now the guy that's hurting me, I'm like, I wish I had a pain and I'm cursing you when I'm going home and stuff. And I'm like, suddenly, because I'm following Jesus, I'm laying bricks down and I'm busy praying for blessing. And I see how God's busy blessing these guys. <laughs> guys, can I tell you that the temptation to take the right into my own hand and all of that pain in my life has gone. I'm free. I'm really free. I'm not lying when I'm saying that. And you can also be free. You can have the joy of every relationship that God has made for you to have. And it starts by opening up the gate to goodness himself. And loving. Loving as he's loved you. So I want to give you that opportunity this morning. We have here... All around on the tables, we have little bags of sand, like a box with sand in it. And what I want you to do is if there are a person, and I know there's people sitting here, and I know God has been speaking to you about that person and that relationship, to come down and to make a statement. Say, Jesus, I trust you. Let's lay down just the first brick. I'm going to start to forgive today. And it's going to be a personal moment. Nobody's going to see you. Just write down that name, and while you're writing that name down, say, Jesus, you forgave me, I forgive them. And Jesus, you've blessed me, so I pray blessing. Whatever I dream for my life, I start praying over this person's life. And after you've done that, I want you to take that same hand and wipe that hand out of the sand. Because it's gone. It's done. It's over. It's clean. Jesus restores he makes the brokenhearted whole again. He's the Prince of Peace, and you can have it today. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you have set us free to live free. And where people are sitting here today still struggling with unforgiveness, and they know they need to stand up, not wait for nine months from now, but right now. Stand up and follow in your footsteps and forgive and bless. In Jesus' name, I pray. Holy Spirit, show them that they are not alone. And you are with them in this moment. Amen. The worship team is going to be ministering a song to us, and I really want to invite you for the next few minutes to stand up. Don't wait for it. Do it now. Do it today and experience that freedom in that relationships. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services.